What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the River Blast Podcast. I am Noah Hiles. And I'm Alex Stump. And Alex, we have a decent ball club on our hands. Yeah. I mean, might be a little bit of recency bias, but, you know, I, I that mean, was a good series in Washington. They, they should have won Saturday. They have been in every single game they've played this year. Yes. Not once have they blown a team out of the water. Well, one. One time they've been blown out. What against game? the Cubbies. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, but, 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 but I mean... 13 out of 14 times so far. Yeah, and the one game they got blown out, it was three errors in an inning. Yeah. Led to 600 runs, and they basically threw the towel in right there. Which, I don't blame them for doing so. So, overall, yeah, 13 out of 14 games, this team has been in a position to win. Which, I guess, is kind of sad that they only won eight of those 13 opportunities. But at the end of the day... You've got to like the way the team looks without its two best hitters, probably. Yeah. Or two of their top hitters. Uh, without one of their best bullpen arms. And, uh, you know, it's early on. Guys are still rusty. I think this is a team that many people predicted would be around 500, a little bit better. And their record right now, just really early on in the season, reflects that. Yeah. And, I mean, the bullpen has thrown away a couple games. There yes. are some injuries. And you would like to think if they write the ship for those two things, then yeah, then this team is legit. They probably won't get this ungodly good starting pitching that they have so far. We'll go more depth with that in a bit. Yeah. But I think the real thing is, so far this season, they've had to play division rivals and then three in Washington. Yeah. And they turned out eight and six, which could have been better, but considering all the circumstances, I guess you would take eight and six. Now they get a chance to make hay against the Tigers, against the Giants, against the Diamondbacks, and pick up a couple games yeah. against weaker teams this month. And you talked about the National Series. Not only are they facing a Nationals team who's good, but they ran into the meat of that rotation yeah. with Corbin, with Sanchez, and then Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah. And they beat... The two pitchers, the two best in that rotation are Corbin and Scherzer, and they came out with wins over both of them. Yeah. I mean, that, so that's big. With the lineups that they had out there, and, in, you know, the, in the main injuries are in the outfield, but I think the outfield has been the most reliable source of offense for this team, aside from, okay, first and second base, I guess. I kind of just totally breezed yeah. over. But I guess the biggest surprise so far has been the outfield, coming with Melky Cabrera, J.B. Shuck, Jason Martin, all of these guys, everyone was in panic mode to start the season because of Lonnie Chisholm's injury, because of Corey Dickerson's injury. How are we going to get by? How are we going to get runs? And these are the guys that have stepped up, and they've made it happen, and that's why they, they have a winning record right now. Yeah. I mean, I haven't checked the last couple days, but going into Sunday... Uh, Melky Cabrera had the same WRC plus as Bryce Harper. And JB Shuck very quietly has like an ungodly high, like four high four hundreds OBP and providing good defense. Yeah. And Melky too, I mean, old man is still Milkman. hanging around there. He's made a couple nice plays in Milkman, the field. He Milkman, is Milkman. building his position. <laughs> I mean How is, how excited do you think he is to see uh that he might get a chance to be the DH? In the next couple of days. I mean, it's probably going to be Moran. Yeah, I know it is. Well, they're facing a lefty tonight, so we don't know. Okay. I mean, this comes, out, this comes out Wednesday, so we'll Yeah, know. so we'll know then. But, yeah, Moran's going to DH one of those games because yeah. they want to get Gung back in the lineup, and Moran's just hitting like a madman. Mm -hmm. So they want to 
keep him in the lineup too. But yeah, I think it's easy to look at this team and say, I know I also kind of just said, you know, once they get healthy. Really, you just want Gregory Polanco and Corey Dickerson to just match what Melky and J.B. Shuck have done so far. Now, that does J.B. Shuck is not going to do this throughout an entire season. J.B. Shuck. All right, go ahead, Alex. I had to let you do your bit. Yeah, he's not going to do this over the course of the whole season, but in the benefit, with the benefit of a small sample size, he's filled in very nicely. That's what I said. J.B. Shuck, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, you know, he's not going to last here. No. Because, you know, they're going to keep Melky over him. They're going to keep Martin, obviously. I mean, they might send Martin down to AAA, but J.B. Shuck. J.B. Shuck's play this month, early on in the season, has earned him a spot on the Miami Marlins. Yeah. yeah or just some well, that's crap where team. He, that's yeah. where he came from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be coming home. Yeah, I'm coming home. Poor guy gets to spend his whole summer in Miami. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I actually hate I, I, the city of Miami, but... I've never been. It's the worst. Further south I've gone is Bradenton. Yep. Mine would be... Uh, I went to the Bahamas once. Really? Yes. Very nice. I get, well, if we're doing that, I have been to Puerto Rico. Okay, that would be the further south you've been. But that's not continental United States. It's part of the United States. But not continental. Okay, well... I mean, if you're if you get down to it... Everything's continental because Pangea, it once was. Except for the whole oceans part. But Pangea, dude, like it used Pangea. to be. <laughs> I love Pangea, man. I'm all for it. Buy, sell, trade. I'm doing you're, all You're buying on. Pangea. Yes. All right. So um, another big focal point of this team, uh, some would say a reason why they ha- don't have a better record than 8-6 and six are their 7th and 8th inning guys. Ke- Kella... And uh, Rich Rod, um, both of them have struggled keeping the ball in the park this year. Alex, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I think I touched on this a bit with Rich Rod. In that appearance on Saturday, I, I know I've said this before, Rich Rod is kind of a unique pitcher that he has a good fastball, it spins, he, it's got good velocity, but he doesn't use it all across the strike zone. He aims for the... Uh, glove side corner, top corner, and that's his bread and butter. And in that last appearance, if you check where his pitches went that inning, there's like a pocket of white across the strike zone that he missed, and it's in that top right-hand corner, and there were a lot of balls that missed it that are outside of the zone, and a lot of balls that missed it that were hung in the middle, and those were the home runs, and that's, that's concerning to me. I don't know if it's mechanical, I don't know if it's mental, but... This is not the Richard Rodriguez that we saw last year. He's, it's one thing if he was doing what was doing last year and he was getting hit. Yeah. Because you would either think, okay. They've adjusted. They've adjusted. Or this is just bad luck. He'll be fine. But he's not doing that. And that's what's concerning. Kella, on the other hand, I mean, Kella's kind of a notorious slow starter. That's what I'm trying to look up. My laptop's moving slow as hell right now. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't excuse it. They're... No, I mean, it's never I mean, an excuse, but it, it it's kind of just it does an hope, explanation. Yeah, it's an explanation and some hope that, okay, this isn't, you know, what it's going to oh. be all year. Because Kella's, he had that one absolutely terrible season, I think in, uh, I think it was 2017, 2016 or 2017, oh, where no. he was just we terrible throughout the entire year. So it's one thing for him just to barely not be, you know just be missing his spots at the beginning if you knew like okay he'll just be fine 
but you know that just plants some seeds of mistrust or doubt. It's like, oh man, this he was supposed to be a big part. Now obviously Nick Birdie has turned out fine, and Kyle Crick is finally getting off the injury list, so they're going to really help the bullpen. And Vasquez has just been fantastic, but. I mean, you kind of want at least one of those two guys to step back up to their 2018 form. You, yeah. you need one of those two guys at least. You want both. You need to have at least one of them do it. Here's the thing. I look at Kella, and I think that he will be okay. And this is, this is not a numbers-calculated answer, but I think a big part of bullpen pitching is what's going on in between your ears. It's a big mental game. As, yeah. as, as much as it requires, you know, preparation and ability and your ability to adjust and all of that, a big part of bullpen success is being able to take on the mental aspect of it. Kella is mentally tough. People like to come after him. They say he has anxiety and the way he talks to the media. That dude's a junkyard dog. I have no, I have no doubt that he'll recover from this. I don't think he... he He's like a hothead, maybe a little bit, but he's not going to back down from any challenge. He doesn't. He's someone he'll look at his ERA. It could be thirty, and he'll still think I am the baddest dude out on the diamond right now, and I will not back down from anyone. Maybe that's a problem for him, where he doesn't back down and he challenges guys too much, and that will come to bite him in the ass sometimes. But overall, I have no doubt in Kella's confidence that, and that's what you need is confidence to get through a slump, which is what he's going through right now. Yeah. However, the other guy in this equation, Rich Rod, I don't know about him. I don't know when we're talking mental side of things. Kell has proven. I mean, he's been around in the big leagues. You talked about uh, his bad year. It was, it was 2016. He had a 609 ERA okay. uh, in 35 games. Not ideal. Uh, but you look at his other numbers aside from that, like 2017, you know, he got the job done. 2018, obviously, last year he had a really good season. 2015, he had a really good year for the Rangers in the bullpen. So, I mean, he's proven. Rich Rod, last year, he had a really good season, but was it enough to instill belief in himself that he can just do this year in and year out? I would hope so, but I don't think that he has the swagger the grit, the intensity that Kella has. And I don't know if his mental makeup will be able to help him battle through something like this. I think that he will see, his, if his struggles continue, he'll think, this is Baltimore all over again. Yeah. And I worry about that. I mean, that Because is... the Baltimore thing clearly messed him up. He's mentioned that numerous times when I've spoke to him. Just uh, He basically has like PTSD from getting booed by the home fans and thinking I'm done like I'm gonna have to get another job and uh, I don't know I really hope he's able to battle through that yeah I mean I do too I do too he's a nice guy yeah hey, we got him up to 100 followers man yes we did we did that yes we did that's our claim to fame here on the River Blast podcast hell yeah uh, but I'm gonna say a name here Archimedes Caminero and I'm not saying Rich Rod is Archimedes Camonero, but that was a guy who came out of nowhere, had one really good year for the Pirates, and I think a lot of people took for granted, like, okay, he'll do that again the next year. And then he struggled early. It just doesn't. just never put it back together. Yeah, I mean, that happens with a lot of guys. There's a lot I, of guys. That's why that, yeah. you don't. 
that's why you're not supposed to at least, put a lot of money in relief pitchers because they are so volatile. And someone who's one of the best in baseball one year will come back the next year complete garbage. And it's yep. like, well, that's why they're disposable. Yep. All right, and I guess we'll wrap up our uh, recent recap with uh, the corner production. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit with the corner outfielders doing the job until our main guys get back, but the corner infield as well. One guy, not so much. Uh, yeah, Jung-ho. Yes, but Colin, Mc- Colin Moran's been great. Josh Bell's been amongst the best uh, offensive producers in baseball he, for his position. Yeah, he's leading all NL Central first basemen in, like, average OBP, o- slugging OPS, like, pretty much everything. And there's not... Hard hit balls. Yeah, there's not know, one. Just... There's not one schmuck that plays first base. No, in the NL Central, they're all really, they're all, really yes. good. Yes, they so. might. Some of them might be having better starts than others. But yeah, like, whenever Jesus Aguilar is pretty much the consensus, like lower half guy, it's like oh, okay. Yeah, everyone's pretty doing pretty well. And Colin, I mean, he's been raking also. Good for him. Yeah, everyone wrote him off, including myself. This basically like this spring. When Brian was hitting the ball, when Jung Ho was hitting home runs. And he lost the starting job. And he lost the starting job. It's just, what's the use of this guy? But, you know, Colin Moran came in there. He said yeah. his piece. It was probably short, sweet, to the point, really quiet. But he, nonetheless, he uh, he showed some emotion when he hit that home run the other day. I yes. didn't notice that. And you know what? He's also showed some versatility in the field. Yes. Like, he's learned first base and... God help us, I hope we never have to see him in the outfield again. But I you do. know what? He did He did good enough that game in left field. They had one ball hit to him. But yeah, was, he did a good job of avoiding the baseball, I guess. Yeah. He hit his cup. He hit his cutoff, man. You know. Every time he got it, the ball. Like, the thought of me enjoying Moran in the outfield is kind of like when uh, Alfred and Batman is talking about the Joker. Like, some men don't have a price. They don't want anything. They just want to watch the world burn. Like that's how I am, kind of with uh, some some men just want to some men just want to watch Twitter pirates Twitter burn. Colin Moran in left field. I just yeah. love the chaos. All right, so what are we moving on to next, Alex? Uh, Tell we me. are going to be talking about the starting pitchers. All right, and if how legit is this? How uh, we're gonna find out coming up next. All right, so far this season, the Pirates have the best NL starting pitching ERA. The best? The absolute best. Better than everyone. Yes. They have the last member of the 0.00 ERA ERA club. Yes. Which, considering this is coming up Wednesday, Joe Musgrove is pitching Tuesday. He might not be anymore, but Not to be confused with the last member of the 0.00 batting average club. Chris, Chris Davis, Davis who, who is no longer, he's now an MVP candidate. I saw he just homered the other day. Don't call it a comeback, because it very likely isn't. Has as many hits as Jung Ho, but that's none of my business. Go ahead, Dallas, continue. <laughs> oh, man, that's true. Yep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and more runs batted in. Woof. Probably the same amount of homers, too, huh? One. Yeah, one. One wow. homer and more runs batted in. That is not good. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> but it, there isn't a slouch in this rotation right now. None. So I think we just need to take a look at the key guys right now. And I want to start off with Joe Musgrove. Yes. Because I wrote something about him today for the Point of Pittsburgh. That this is a different Joe Musgrove than we saw last year. Okay. 
last year, Joe Musgrove was a very fastball-oriented pitcher. Like he had the four-seamer, he had the sinker, he threw a lot of cutters. This year, less four-seamers and sinkers, but drastically cut the cutters, and he's throwing a lot more sliders instead. And he's getting whiffs with the sliders. Now, this is obviously through a sample of like three games pitched. So he might revert back to what we saw beforehand. But if this is kind of a sign to be seen, and not only is he throwing more, he's throwing them in new situations, and he's getting more spin, and whenever he gets more spin, he gets more whiffs and softer contact. It's, just, it's a lot of good signs with the slider right now, and he's relying on it more. And I think that the same way that Tyon really took that next step last year, whenever he started throwing the slider, I think we're seeing the same thing with Musgrove. Yeah, people were so quiet about him this offseason. Yeah. And for good reason, because, I mean, Tyone came, coming into this year had huge expectations, and he deserved to have huge expectations. Mm -hmm. Chris Archer is still, uh, in my opinion, one of the, probably the top, maybe not 15 most talented arms in baseball, but 15 most recognizable names that you'll see on a pitching mound. I, I think he has top 15 stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, like I said, resume, name, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty well known. And then Trevor Williams, what he did in the second half of last year, you got to talk about him. Can he replicate that? Can he put that together for a full season? And people forgot about Musgrove, but, I mean, this guy last year, to me, he was a key part of what they did to find success. I mean, he was a bulldog. He, I know I've used that for Kella, but... Yeah. So I guess a uh, workhorse. We'll go with that one. All right. Um, yeah, he grinded out long start after long start. Sometimes he was a victim of circumstance. You know, Clint left him in too long, and he would end up allowing, like, five earned runs when he should have had, like, a, a six-inning, two-earned two run start. Stuff like that would happen to him consistently, but he never complained. He was that guy that gave the bullpen a little bit of a day off, or some guys especially a day off, and you're seeing that with him now. He's going seven innings again, and like you said, he's striking more batters out. He is just, he's looking like the first-round pick that he was. And yeah. to see him emerge as as good of a pitcher as he's become, and obviously he's not going to be able to continue this sort of dominance. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I am a gambling man. I'm a horrible gambler. But if there <laughs> is a bet that Joe Musgrove will allow an earned run this year, I would take that bet because it's probably going to happen. Not an expert, but I would say that it might happen. It, it probably would yes. happen. Yes, uh, yeah. you know. Um, but in addition to Musgrove, another guy that no one really had expectations for was Jordan Lyles. He's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, especially since I'm partly guilty for this. It's like, why did you get Jordan Lyles whenever Gio Gonzalez is signing minor league deals and Dallas Keuchel's still available? Just like a long list. It's like, why why Lyles? Yeah. And then he strikes out 10 Cubs in a start. It's like, oh, that's why. Oh, yeah. Cause, uh, he can <laughs> oh, do that man, stuff. I forgot. He's good. No, this is, this is different Lyles also. Like, fastball's high, curveball's low. Is Uncle Ray back? This kind of seems like an Uncle Ray type project. Uncle like Ray's perfect, back? This is like the perfect Uncle Ray is a, but it's he's not overly relying on his fastball like someone like J. A. Happ mm -hmm. and A. J. Burnett did. Like the curveball and the changeup, they're still really verbal meme. Uncle Uncle Ray's face on uh, the Undertaker <laughs> sitting up. Jordan Lyles is the fifth starter. Uncle Ray sitting up. <laughs> but yeah, this is he's looked good. It's. It's not like he was walking through eggshells, these two starts. Like, they were two 
quality, well done outings. And I, I think it's an interesting situation the Pirates are in right now. Like, if he can put it together and really be a, a, a good starter, he doesn't have to be, you know, the fifth ace. Yeah. Yeah, but if he could be the Joe Blanton to the Phillies four aces from earlier this mm-hmm. decade. Yeah, like, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be, like, the, the Denny Nagel to the 95 Braves, but... No, I mean, like they're they're if they can if they can continue to have a club ERA under three, I mean, mm-hmm. holy cow, they're gonna be nasty. How can you beat that? Every, every I mean, we talked about in the beginning of the year how this club's gonna have to fight tooth and nail for runs. Well, when your starters are allowing three runs or less every single outing. That makes it a lot easier. It, it really does. And, uh, you know, the bullpen, I think, is going to come around. Uh, the worst starter probably this year so far is Ben Jamo. Yeah, that's and a nice problem to have. He, he's not doing bad at all. So, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he's had a couple bad innings, but... Even bad that, innings. That's how nitpicky we are about this. Yes, play. and one of them, it was the defense's fault. Yeah, really. like he's... One, he was kept in the game too long. One, yeah. he, the defense... You know, just crapped out. Yeah, exactly. Like that's even you know, you know, you're in a good spot when you're like the biggest bone to pick with the starting rotation is you know, JMO, our ace, probably an all star this year. Uh, He's had a couple bad innings. Yeah, just you know, yeah. But even that last start against Washington, it wasn't the prettiest like final line, and he gave up some hard contact. But in the grand scheme of things, that's kind of a professional start to, to borrow me, yeah that's exactly it. the the thing that really has stood out to me about this rotation is even when they've struggled they've found a way to get six innings of work in like yeah. t- uh trevor williams i forget what game that was it was um saturday i think it might have been last saturday i think it was his second start yeah of the his season. second start of the season where he gave up an unearned run and yeah then a homer and, it's- and it was like three uh and then archer in the game that had the brawl, also he allowed three yeah. runs in an inning. And then Tyone, when these guys get into a little bit of a funk, they battle through it. And they yeah. end up, you know, after that bad inning, they come out and then they'll sit down nine in a row. And they get you that sixth inning, which has been, in the past, you know, the Pirates rotation has never really been awful. And, like, they've always been healthy. They've always been semi-reliable. But that sixth inning, especially for the the back three of the rotation has always been kind of a question mark. Can they get to that? Can you get? Can they get you that sixth? Can they get into the seventh? And that has been no problem at all. And when you're seeing that already in April, it makes you feel really good about what they're capable of doing in June and July. Are they going to slump? Of course they are. Of course they're going to. They're they're all human. I mean, I haven't spoke to Lyles yet. Maybe he's a robot. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of them, they're human. I expect them all to slump. I hope they all don't slump at the same time. Uh, that, w- that would suck. Yeah. But they're all going to have a little bit of a, a regression. But if they can continue to just do what they're doing now, you know, getting the easy outs, rebounding from a rough inning, all that kind of stuff, this is going to be a, a very, very, very solid rotation that will make this club legitimate to compete for a wild card spot, even if not the division. So. One thing that does concern me, though, yes, is it, we're already seeing the, the ball is juiced articles coming out, okay. and fly ball home run ratios are 
higher than it even was in 2016 and 2017. Whenever it starts to warm up, is that going to you know really impact the Pirates? Because they haven't given up a lot of home runs. At least the rotation the bullpen hasn't. has. The bullpen's, <laughs> the bullpen's, give, the bullpen's given up the home runs. <laughs> Seriously, the, look look at this. Here I got the numbers. Lyles is allowed one. Archer's two, Williams two, Tyon two. So the starting rotation as None a whole from has room. allowed, what is that, seven. The bullpen has allowed seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So <laughs> the bullpen has allowed more than your you starters. And the starters are going deep into ball games. Yeah. <laughs> so, yikes. It's, it's, not a, it's not a good look. Yeah. But yeah, that's a concern for me also. That's just a concern that I have going forward. And I have one more question. Yes. Is it, should Musgrove warm up to Cotton Eye Joe? Because I think so. No. I do not think so. Oh, dude, I would love that. I would hate that. Dude, I, one of my favorite ballpark memories of all time was, like, I was, like, 13 when the Pirates sucked, and it was, like, in the 14th inning of a game that was already rain-delayed, and there was, like, maybe 100 people in the ballpark, and they played Cotton Eye Joe, and the whole park just came alive. Like, Everyone just went nuts, and uh, there was like this fat guy was dancing to the whole thing. And no, it was actually when they were good because McCutcheon was dancing to it as well out on the field during the rain delay. It was awesome. It was awesome. And I would love for Musgrove to warm up the Cotton Eye Joe. No. Okay. Counterpoint. <laughs> That's a terrible song. <laughs> er, wait, terrible. are you a fan of the New Girl? The New Girl? Yeah. The show, The New Girl. You mean New Girl? New Girl. <laughs> oh, God forbid I have the in front of it, Alex. Drop the the. Okay. It sounds are you, cleaner. Are you, a friend of, or are you a fan of New Girl? I've never watched an episode. Oh, okay. There's a really funny part in like one of the episodes where they're trying to ruin a wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the dude in the middle of the wedding just starts blasting Cotton Eye Joe to like ruin <laughs> someone's wedding. It was very funny. Anyway, continue. I'm going to give this with the precursor that it's way too early in the season to say for sure. But... Is there potential for this to be one of the best, if maybe not the best rotations in Pirates history, history, or at least since the live ball era? Oh, for sure. I I don't think... I mean, for Pirates history, yeah. Like, I'm not going to... Again, I'm not going to call them the 95 Braves. No. uh, Or any other team... Or like the early 2000s Diamondbacks or early 2000s Red Sox. I'm not going to... There's no Hall of Famers on this team yet. No. uh, But... The Pirates, in reality, have not had... It's a franchise built around hitting, always. Every team that, that Lumber and Lightning, We Are Family, all of those guys. I mean, they've had good pitchers, but they don't have one pitcher in the Hall of Fame, I don't think. Uh, I mean, Goose Gossage. That like, doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't Bert think Bi- Bert, is Burt Bylevin in the Hall of Fame? Not as a Pirate. Not as a Pirate, but yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, they've had guys, but like... Yeah, they... Doug Drayback's not a Hall of Famer. They've yeah. had... Two Cy Young Award winners, I think. Maybe. Yeah, Drebeck and someone else. Candelaria, maybe? Doc no, Ellis? No, no. Bob Friend? It might have been Friend. No, it, it couldn't have been Friend. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google While this. Alex looks it up, we're just gonna get pumped up. This is all the med- motivation I've ever needed to... <laughs> Joe Musgrove warming up on the mound. Uh... I want to make a highlight reel to him. This is like where he's sliding into Baez. <laughs> Bench is clear. Vern Law. We don't have to turn that off. I got it. No. 
We're going to be back with our favorite part of the show, segments. <laughs> And Bev Cotton, I I've been. Please All right, stop is, that. Now that it's time to end everyone's favorite song, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show segments. Alex, you went first last time. I'll go first this time. I am yes. buying Cotton Eye. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're done with that. Um, we are. I will buy for buy sell trade. I'm gonna buy a one way flight ticket to Detroit for one Elias Diaz and one Gregory Polanco. You think they're that close? I think they're that close. I was uh, listening to uh, this little radio station that I work for called The Fan. Oh. And uh, they, um, they're known to give some hot takes from time to time, so I try not to get too excited when they say this kind of stuff. But there is a good point. Like, if you're going to bring one of them up, why wouldn't this series... Uh, you, I wish this was a three-game set against Detroit with the DH... Yeah, I mean, this would be the ideal this time be to the get time, someone at bats. Yeah, yeah, to get someone at bats, not only as a DH, but you have off days as well, where they can continue to rehab up here. Yeah. Diaz is killing the ball in AAA. Like, yeah. he's hitting, like, 500. And Polanco's hitting the ball well, too. And just get him on your bench. Get him, get him up here. If they're going to be working out, why not get him up with the club? You've got off days this week. You've got, and you're facing the worst competition you've seen all year between Arizona, San Francisco, and Detroit. Why not call him up now? I mean, we might have to say goodbye to our good friend J.B. Shuck, and of course my buddy Pablo Reyes would probably get sent down. But yeah. it is what it is. And then, you know, Stallings, your, your guy. Yeah, he's, he hasn't really done much this no. year, has he? No. Remember when you said that they should open the year with three catchers? I did. You stand by that? I kind of stand by it at the moment, yes. Okay. They'll probably go back to three catchers in a bit. Who am I? What are I'm selling Jung Ho Gung. That's it? Yeah, it's just, I've, I've canceled him. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I don't know. I feel like everyone's trying to make Jung Ho Gung uh, the Pittsburgh version of Tiger Woods. You know, this redemption story, except the one thing about it is uh, Tiger's actually still good at his sport. <laughs> Jung Ho hit a whole bunch of home runs in spring training. That's cool. But, I mean, he's pretty much the Chris Davis. Actually, like, if you look at their numbers... Chris Davis has had more hits in the last three years than Jung Ho Gung. Like, significantly more. Well. Exactly. Yes. Don't, don't argue. It's just a fact. <laughs> I think Trevor Williams has significantly more hits. I mean, everybody has. Every, I mean, Jung Ho Gung has three more base hits than you and I combined in the last three seasons. Four. He's got two hits this year, and he had one hit last year. I thought he had three hits this year. Oh, I thought he had two. All right, we're splitting hairs over one hand. One hand, one hand, yeah. Yes, uh, nonetheless, yeah. I mean, the defense is fine, um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there there might be uh, better options defensively waiting in AAA that, you know, some people might not want to call up early and spoil their, you know, start to their big league careers. But I, I don't know what we're doing messing around with this guy. I'm ready to give him another month. And then we talked about it at breakfast this morning. You know, in June, you put him on the DL, and then you DFA him, and it is what it is. It sucks. You know, I, I, I was hoping to see him maybe rebound a little bit, but I don't really feel any sympathy for this guy. He had, all, he had the world at his fingertips. He was one of the best Korean baseball players of all time. He got an opportunity in America. He nailed it originally. He was a key part on a 98-win team. Obviously, he had a tough injury, but he came back. He was hitting the ball well, and then 
He just continued to make mistake after mistake, and he pretty much ruined his life. And I hope he can get back, uh, but I don't feel bad for him if he can't get back. I mean, this is the this is the yeah. grave he he dug himself. So, oh well. Yeah, I mean, it's harsh, but it's the truth. It is the truth. Yeah, I mean, just they got Uber in Korea. We'll leave it they, at that. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, all right. Uh, and my trade. Oof, that was that was strong. I just went from singing Cotton Eye Joe to talking about the severity of drunk driving. Like, yes. That's the range you get with Noah Hiles. <laughs> and the trade, this is, a, this is some range right here. So this is a rule change I'm going to make a trade for. Instead of suspending a starting pitcher. Alex, did you play team sports as a kid? I played Little League, yes. Okay, so like my, my, this it comes more for basketball and football than it did for baseball just because you didn't really get punished as much running in baseball as you did for those other sports. Um, when someone messed up in football and basketball growing up, the whole team had to run, right? Mm-hmm. I want Major League Baseball. Rather than handing out these, these candy-ass five-game suspensions starting pitchers where they basically don't even miss a start, yeah. I want it to be a whole team punishment. So if you're going to suspend Archer for five games, forget that. That suspension means you have to have one relief pitcher bat in five games. Rather than a suspension, I want to trade that for a relief pitcher at bat. If you're not going to have the DH, let's get creative. Because I thought about, because I just thought about, I saw Felipe's Instagram post. Uh, Did you see that the other day? It was battery. Yeah, it was him facing himself batting. Did you see that? (laughs) It was like a side by side thing, and it's like, who wins this battle? And it's him pitching to himself batting. And uh, I was just thinking, you know what? This would be fun. You want to make baseball interesting again? Say, instead of, instead of making a guy sit out, I'm fine with finding a guy still, you know, get, raise some money for charity or whatever. But, say, you're going to have to bat a, a relief pitcher once a game for five games. It doesn't have to be five games in a row, but you got to finish the season checking off. Like, all right, well, we're in September. We still got to have three more at-bats from a relief pitcher what are we going to do what are your thoughts uh i i I don't know if i can really inject any logic into that trade (laughs) so i'm just gonna let it be uh would you hate it (laughs) i kind of hate it for the like competitive aspect of it but i also kind of love it because i am a fan of anarchy yes so chaos chaos yes that's all this good stuff uh the gung stuff i mean spot on I was thinking about making my trade uh, Moran starts for Gung, but... I think that trade's already been made. Yeah, I think it's in the process of being made. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hurdle and Huntington said that, you know, they weren't going to run back to Kevin Newman or uh, Colin Moran early in the season because Gung and Gonzalez had won the job, and they're going to get the majority of the playing time at least early. But at some point, it has to reach a point where it's like, Here's a guy who's hitting 400 something, and here's a guy with a batting average of a buck oh seven. Like he's he went to the Dollar Tree and had to buy something. That's his batting average. With tax, yeah. Yeah, with tax. Buck oh seven. So yeah. And then buying the plane tickets. Uh, I I'm making those plane tickets out to Pittsburgh. I like. What Are you doing two of them or just one? Both. They're both going to Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. I like the idea. I wish it would have worked out. I I really wish they could have given Diaz. A start DHing in Polanco. He would have been perfect today for DH. You Against need a right-handed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, he's in the lineup. 
this afternoon, I believe, uh, in, 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 in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah in he Indy. won't be. Uh, but yeah, it and that would have been perfect. Rather than I, oh, I guess you had to get rid of. They're already bringing Crick back, so they would have had to send someone else down. I don't know. I would have liked to see him in the lineup in this Detroit series, but I see what you're saying. Give me your buy sell trade. All right, I am buying uh, Jason Martin's maturity. Yes, that was. It, his game-winning double Sunday. I, I took a peek afterwards. He took like four called strikes during that game, and a lot of them were right on the edge, or maybe they would have been, you know, a ball, or should have been called a ball. But he took them in his three at-bats. Young kid, fourth time up. That ball that he ripped for the double was in the exact same spot as like that little cluster of called strikes were against him. Hmm. He was able to figure out that early that that was the scouting report that the Nationals had on him. He went with the pitch, drove a double, ahead of his years, hitting right there. I mean, that was, I was very impressed with that. I, I like this guy, man. Yeah. I like him. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not ready to ship Dickerson off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not ready to give him a starting job or anything, but you know what? He's, he has at least inspired enough confidence in me that if the outfield once again just craps out with injuries and you have to bring him back up or whenever he comes up in September it's like that's a good guy that's gonna, a good player I'm gonna break team. your heart this guy doing more in his short MLB career than Jordan Luplo ever did oof oof truth hurts oof truth hurts I miss Max Moroff too <laughs> <laughs> alright what's your sell I'm selling Liriano oh. I I have not liked what I've seen so far no no and unfortunately, the only thing that's kind of saving him, Stephen Brault, is Stephen Brault being the only other lefty <laughs> on the forty man. God Almighty! I, Tyler Lyons is in minor league camp. Maybe he could put it all together. And you know what? If he's looking good, I think I would probably just straight up DFA Liriano to bring up Lyons. As crazy as that is, I I don't have any confidence that he can get in the strike zone. People are not chasing his slider. It's not spinning as much as it used to. Velocity is way down. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm I'm not feeling confident not in great. Him at all. In a bullpen that has so many question marks, I I think he might be the most questionable right now. He's got four point four and two thirds innings pitched, three walks, six strikeouts. Yeah. One hit allowed, no runs. Yeah. In five games? Numbers look fine. The numbers look fine, but... <laughs> He's just a ticking time bomb. Yes. Yeah. Watch him pitch. It's, yeah. It's not been pretty. It's a roller coaster. And... I keep him around for a little bit longer. And my trade is I am trading uh, Tyler Glasnow, Austin Meadows, and Shane Boz for Chris Archer. Oh, we're doing this? I'm, I'm doubling down on it. I mean... It's a shame that the Pirates' development in coaching pretty much Sucks. failed Glass now. And he's, but he was never going to do anything in Pittsburgh. Nope. I still stand by that Austin Meadows is Austin Jackson 2.0. Like, okay, he is fantastic right now. I get it. I get it. Hit me up in a couple weeks whenever his batted ball and play average isn't like 450 and his isolated slugging isn't 350. Like, he is going to regress Big time soon. I don't see... I mean, I still see him being... A good player. A, a good player, but 
maybe he'll even, you know, vulture an all-star appearance or two in his career, but I don't see him being this great outfielder. I think if he was on the Pirates right now, he would still be the, the fourth, fourth outfielder. Out. Well, not right, not currently. Not at this yeah. very moment, but, <laughs> but if, yes, I get if Dickerson, Polanco, Marte um, are healthy. Hell, I think I'd rather be starting Melky Cabrera than I wouldn't. Austin Meadows. I mean, Melky, I mean, you I, say that now. It's easy to say that now when Melky's hitting 390, yes. but like before yes. the year starts, like you're but like... Just comparing the two, I know Meadows has the more home runs, but... And he's I, got more everything. He's yeah. got a higher batting average. He's got a higher batting average. He's, he's a got better all fielder. That. Yeah. Well, I think Melky's done better in the field than Austin has so far. I, I haven't watched any Tampa Bay Rays games, yeah. but I mean, I know Melky had that one cool catch in Wrigley, but... Yeah. I, I, I'm just part going to body me. test here, Alex. I'd rather have the guy who, yeah, I know. who looks Melky like he hilarious. doesn't get tired running to second base. It looks like he ran a 5K every single time <laughs> he has to sprint it. more than 20 I mean, feet. I just Did love you ever him. watch the SNL whenever Keenan Thompson is James Harrison after the touch? Yeah. Like a week later, he's like, do you know how long 100 yards is? <laughs> it's really long. Yeah, like I just... That's Melky every single time he runs. Can of corn, can of, can of corn, I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, Melky, I'll never forget, the, but the first time on the home opener, he comes out of the locker room, or out of the shower with a towel around his waist, I was like, oh, is that, is that like a new first base coach or something? Like, I yeah. didn't know who he was. I was like, he looks like a normal... Melky is well on the way you ever to s- Big Sexy 2.0. You, well, you ever see, like, the Instagram meme, like, Barstool posted, it's like, this is the human, this is the male body at peak performance. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, you have a pro- like, the problems yeah. with you or something like that. Like, that's Melky. 100%. <laughs> All for it. Uh, no, but, um... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a trade that has to be made. Yes. You have that, to do that's it. That's the big thing. And, that's and you su- know what? It really eases the blow whenever Chris Archer has an ERA Yes. <laughs> it, it just sucks because it's like, it's like breaking up with someone who you just, like, you knew it just wasn't going to work. And, like, you didn't really have an issue with them. You saw the potential, like, we could have a really great thing going here. And, but then you break up with them because it's just like, you know, you live across the country from one another. You had different outlooks on life. And you just knew it wasn't going to work. And you're happy now with your new significant other. But you still follow your ex on Instagram. And she's just, like, post. She's like an Instagram model now. And you're just like, God, she wasn't even that hot when I was dating her. Like, what the <laughs> hell? And, uh, like, you try, like, you think about unfollowing her. I mean, it's almost like cyberbullying at this point when you're, when you're seeing Pitching Ninja. Like, I'm about to mute Tyler Glass now on Twitter. <laughs> like, the words Tyler Glass now, I don't want to see anything. I get it. I get it. The Rays fixed them. Everyone, every pitcher in the last decade, it seems, that leaves here goes on to have a better career. I get it. We can't figure it out. That's fine. I just don't want to see it. Austin Meadows, I don't want to see it. I hope they do well. I hope the Rays do well. And even if these guys end up being long-term, have long-term success in Tampa Bay, they, I still stand by the thing what you said. Austin Meadows wasn't going to start here consistently until maybe next year. Yeah. So there's no reason why we would have him in AAA or as a fourth outfielder for two seasons just wasting him. Because we don't have that kind of depth. If he was on the Boston Red Sox, it would make sense because you have that kind of depth at every other position or the New York Yankees or the Cubs Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. But we don't have that kind of depth in the infield or anywhere else really where you can have one of your best bats just sitting away on the bench. So it would make no sense to keep him around. Tyler Glass, now clearly it was not going to work out here. So you had to get rid of them, and you pulled the trigger on a move that they thought would make us more competitive. Now, so far, it looks like that's the case. So yeah, I stick with that move. Yes. 
Alright, we'll move on. I guess we were going to give former Pirate of the Week to uh, Austin Meadows, but we've yeah, already talked yeah, enough yeah, about yeah. that. Alright. I'm doing sink or float for once. Okay, sink or float. This is new. Yes. I, I think this is the first sink or float I've Yes. Had. And I'm going to add a little precursor to this, so I, I'm going to... Alex, the, the capital J print journalist coming down Radio Row now and giving the sports talk hot takes. What do you got for me, Skip Bayless? Uh, Stump, yesterday... Stump Bayless. <laughs> oh, God. Stephen A. Stump. <laughs> so this is the end of the River Blast podcast. Right, I would like to... Okay. <laughs> Monday was Jackie Robinson Day. Yes. Number 42 is retired. Major League Baseball tweeted out a commercial for Budweiser where they said, this Bud's for Jackie. Which, you know, it's like, wait a minute, Jackie, Jackie didn't drink. But he was, you know, accused of public drunkenness by a racist commanding officer in 1944 because he wouldn't move to the back of the bus. He's like, okay, 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 but now you can buy a number 42 Tampa Bay Rays jersey. It's like, well, I thought the whole point of this was nobody was going to wear number 42 anymore. Like, it, it, it's just going like on and on and on. Wear... And the way that Jackie Robinson Day, a all-time great player and even a more important player. To society, not just baseball. Yes. One of the most influential people that has ever come through in baseball history, if not the, the most, most inf- yeah. yeah. Him... The day that's honoring him, I think, has really dismorphed and is becoming too commercial, and Major League Baseball is kicking a corpse to try to shake out every nickel possible. Yeah. So with that said, sink or float, I do not want Major League Baseball to retire number 21 because they will do the exact same thing to Roberto Clemente and his his legacy. Uh, I I think that that sinks for me. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I do like the everyone wears 42 I do think that's. I a, don't like that at all. I think the whole point is no one should. No, wear but 42. I think one day where everyone wears it, I think it's kind of recognizing. I I think me, they only do that so they can sell the jersey, so you can buy a Miami Marlins number forty-two jersey, and I don't like that. All right, to me, if you want a Jackie I Robinson like, jersey, do it right and get, get the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dodgers, Dodgers yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I would rather them do this. To me, I think the biggest problem is. And I know that it's his birthday, right? This Jack that was, that was the day he came up to, came the, up to the big leagues. Yeah. yeah, and that's fine. But I would rather them do it later in the season because there's so much crap going on right now between the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, uh, the Masters was this weekend. You know, baseball's really not the focal point, and I think Jackie Robinson deserves, if you're going to honor him, do it at a time where it can get the attention that it deserves. And make it make it in July, make it in June. I don't know how you can find a date. I don't know when his birthday is or anything like that. But there's got to be some day later in the year where they can do this and they can get the proper attention on it. Because like I feel like every year it's like, oh yeah, that's happening. Like it's just so quick. And sometimes like some teams aren't even playing on Jackie Robinson Day. Like the Pirates yeah. weren't playing on it that's this year. A or shame. other times like it's like you know the Pirates. I remember there's been years where the Penguins had a playoff game the same day the Pirates had a game on Jackie Robinson Day, and the game's not even televised. So you're not really shining. And so my problem, I don't have a problem with 42 being retired, and I'd love 21 to be retired, which I'll get to in a second. But it's my problem's with baseball, like you said. It's, it's, they're, yeah. just, they're just such a bad marketing league. They, they really have no are. idea. And the, the things they could do on social media and 
you know, the Budweiser thing, that's just that's just 2019, man. Like I know that's exploit, 2019. They exploit the military. They exploit I, the way. That's, I mean, they just I, do everything. I know they do that, and, but that doesn't excuse it. Because it, we're one step away from, like, idiocracy. Like, Jackie Robinson was a hero. And if he was alive, you know he would be driving the new 2019 yeah. Dodge Durango, available for one ninety nine down for yeah. thirty six months. And I get that, but at the same time, I don't. I'm not gonna let stupid advertisers ruin what was once a nice thing. Trying to honor, like you said, probably one of the most influential figures in sports history. I'd probably put him at number two, behind like Muhammad Ali. Maybe, maybe one A and one B. I guess. I mean, basically. The only other person I think in baseball history who was as influential as Jackie, I think, would be like Babe Ruth, and that's just because he saved like, baseball after the made, Black Sox He sandals. made baseball... Yeah, he, he made sports popular. Yeah, like, really. He, he saved it. Like, there would be no baseball for Jackie Robinson to yeah. break through without Babe Ruth. Like, yeah. that's the only other person I uh, think who really... But then when you talk about in influence, too, I mean, the African-American presence in baseball is still, it's still there. But it's the, much biggest, lower the now. biggest minority presence in baseball is the Latin community. Yeah. And Roberto Clemente, he wasn't the first Latin ball player, but he was one of the first greats. And for a lot of people mm-hmm. from the from Puerto Rico, they look at him as their Jackie Robinson. Like uh or you know, all all of them. Like I mean, I remember uh Marte coming up, he was talking about how he wanted to play right field here. Jose Tabata also talked about it. He wore 31 because he couldn't wear 21. And there's a million guys who look at Clemente as that type of guy. Robinson Cano talks about him like that. And, uh, you know, so I think that, yes, he, you, you should honor him like that. And, you know, that's just the world we live in where people are just going to try to exploit a good thing. But I don't, I don't let the evil of others, the ignorance of others try to take away from a good a good idea, a good gesture. And I think that'd be a really good gesture. I think, you know, we're doing a disservice to our game by ignoring someone who is a hero to such a very big I, community of baseball, which is the Latin community. I don't think we're ignoring. There's well, Roberto Clemente Day at yeah. the, in September. Yeah, but it's not as big. Like I think this guy, when you want to talk about being a humanitarian and literally like dying trying to help other people I, yeah. I like this is a story that needs to live on i mean it'll always live on in pittsburgh but a hundred years from now retire that number that way everyone knows 21 is you know i mean it's it's not just as important but it's almost up there as 42 i i'm I mean, i'm still for it all right all right i i see what you're getting i i get it. Major you League don't want to see it or how about this is this seems like way too easy a solution, but just donate a good chunk of those profits to a cause that either Jackie really liked or to the Negro League Museum in Kansas City or just something to any, help. Literally anything. Literally yeah, anything. Something to help instead of just pocketing all that money. Yeah, literally anything. Like, it could be That's nothing to do with either. Really it could be like to, off. like, cancer research or yeah. autism speaks or something like anything just yeah not i not have anything let to do with either Jackie's of them just rob both jackie's them legacy continue to help people in make, 2019 make the world a better place yes yeah i i'm all for that yeah like those jerseys should not be made for profit and no. i mean the commercials like again american marketing like that's like yeah yeah budweiser especially but anyway yeah um 
We've got two more segments here. Mine, our next one, Relax Pirates, Twitter, the bullpen. I get it. We talked about the bullpen earlier. Yeah, we did a little bit, but I just want to say... We stoked some flames there, Noah. <laughs> relax Pirates, Twitter. Rich Rod, he might be a little bit of a problem. But overall, this bullpen sucked last year in the opening month of the season. It did. It didn't have Kyle Crick in the opening month of the season. It's getting Kyle Crick back now. When it got Kyle Crick the first time last year, it ended up being okay. Nick Birdie looks to be a stud. Felipe Vasquez is a stud. You know, Kella's going to figure it out. It will be okay. I promise. Just relax, Pirates Twitter. The bullpen, it's, it's not on fire. It's not on fire. The world's not ending. And I'm going to build off of that for a kind of new segment. It's yes. a play off of the well-said, Clint. And I'm, I'm making oh. it well done, Clint. Like, this genuinely good managing on Sunday by bringing in Felipe Vazquez in the eighth inning. Yep. You can argue, okay, maybe he shouldn't have pitched the ninth. But in the eighth, absolutely best part of Washington's orders coming up, bringing your best relief pitcher in a tie game. Yeah. Like, instead of just for the save... Bringing him now because you, if Richard Rodriguez or Kello or Liriano give up a run, there won't be a save for him to get anyway. Nope. I mean, no sense saving him for nothing. I agree. And look, it paid off. It did you pay got, off. You got through that tough part of the order. Jason Martin rewards Clint's decision. And then in the bottom of the ni- or yeah, bottom of the ninth, he gets himself into a little bit of a jam, but he takes down Rendon. He gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Raise the Jolly Roger, the Buckos are 8-6. and six. Good for you, Clint. You got it right. Welcome yep. to 2019. This is how we manage. Yeah. All right. He's not the only one who's not in, who wasn't in 2019. Oh, I agree, I, think, I, agree, but I agree. Yes. Alex, final thoughts. Oh, I hate Cotton Eye Joe. I love it. It's a banger. Um, yeah. Is that, is that, is that it? Is that that's that's it. I hate that song. I agree. Uh, I don't, you agree? No. <laughs> I don't hate it. I actually really love it. Oh, my God. I, I can see why you do hate it, though. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Noah underscore Hiles 95, at Alex J. Stump. Share the word for our podcast. Review us, uh, rate us, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on all the other platforms. We appreciate you guys listening. We've got a homestand coming up this weekend. Hit us up. We will be there if you want to meet up and uh, chat some baseball or anything else. Uh, for Alex Stump. I am Noah Hiles signing off for the River Blast podcast saying, let's go Bucks.